0: Welcome back to Book Blurbs, everyone. I'm your host, Kenneth. I'm here with two special guests this time. One of them you met, and one of them is brand new. Uh, You all remember our good friend, Leslie. We've discussed Where the Crawdads Sing on a couple of occasions now. And this is magic time number three. Um,
1: Third time's a charm.
0: Going strong with this.
1: Going strong. This is now my forte. (laughs) I never would have
0: thought when I created this podcast that the content that I cater to most is where the crawdads sing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very, so, very specific subset. Yeah. Of the literary world.
0: And also joining us for the first time is Kendall. So welcome, Kendall. Ooh. You have recently finished reading Where the Crawdads Sing. Yeah. So, how did you how did you learn about the book? Was it perhaps through us?
2: Actually, I think it's a Pulitzer Prize, right? And I, 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 It's been a sure. while since
0: I looked at the cover, but I know it was like number one on New York Times bestseller list like for weeks and maybe even months.
2: Well, I just know I was in UIO Academics for literary criticism and I had to memorize the Pulitzer Prize list for fiction. Dang. So like it was on my friend's bookshelf when I went to visit him the other day and I was like, I
0: it's a very striking beautiful cover with like the orange and everything i don't know if they've updated it since i've read it
1: so according to google i am not finding any evidence that it was a pulitzer prize winning book but it's definitely been a staple on the new york times bestseller um something that i didn't know um that the duchess of cornwall um prince charles's wife uh Mm. camilla um it's was a selection for her new Royal book club back in January of 2021. And obviously a lot of people know about it from Reese Witherspoon's production company, her Reese Witherspoon's (gasps) book list. Maybe Um, it's on the drama thing. Okay. Maybe.
0: I didn't know there was a Royal book club. I I want to be in the Royal book club.
1: I don't know if I want to go down that rabbit hole, just (laughs) because then my book list will get even longer and longer.
0: I'm (laughs) curious now what other book recommendations are on that list um uh, next episode yeah so well i'm glad you like stumbled upon that free copy then i
2: know i was <laughs> legit just like i need to read this so i just looked it up because my cousin was reading it and you said about free co- uh that i could borrow yours and i was like I did it's, say that, didn't I? it's like i've read it on books online before with kindle so i just looked
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. so I usually save this for the end of the episode, but since this is a weird one, I have like a my own little rating system for books. So, like from best to worst, it would be bookshelf worthy, buy, library, spark notes, or just simply pass. Like you, you don't even want to read it. What would you rank the book?
2: Um, I would definitely reread it. I liked how it had like a small town vibe to it too, yeah. which
0: is cool. Yeah.
2: I don't remember
1: what I said my rating was, but looking back on it now, I think bookshelf worthy because it's just from my own personal experience. It's the kind of book that... Because I have the books that I buy and I'm cool with donating them down the line. So mm-hmm. when I think about your rating system, that's what I think of. Yeah. So I don't remember if this is what I said before, but as of now, my official answer is it would be bookshelf <laughs> because as in my own library it's on the bookshelf i want people to borrow my copy and then return it so it can stay there forever currently my father-in-law has it borrowed and i i don't want to say i pressured him into reading
0: it but he'll <laughs> thank me later it'll be fine it
2: would be cool if you got them to write like in the cover like
1: who it was and if yeah they liked it and stuff like my own system yeah I'd have a little
0: log going Peer pressure in reading is good.
1: <laughs> way worse things to peer pressure people yeah.
0: into.
2: That's well, way worse. I things. got into reading when I was younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See?
0: <laughs> I think accelerated reader got me into it. Did mm-hmm. y'all ever have that?
2: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Me and my sister
1: were always competing for first. Yeah. Something that my mom is really proud of that she still tells people about. I think she told my in-laws about it the first time she met them. Was that when I graduated from my I went to a Catholic elementary school that went up to sixth grade when I graduated, they gave me some sort of award for, like, reading the most books because I was just always in the library reading books, checking out books, and, like, reading in the library, taking them home. I, I don't know if I just – I mean, I had friends. I have, <laughs> I, I don't know. But I'm also a very fast reader, so I would go through books quickly. And mm-hmm. so um, I just – So, like, was
0: this record – for school history or just your class I
1: don't remember I ha- my mom is so proud of it she would probably <laughs> know more I kind of forgot about it until she brought it up but it's um it was It like reading has always been a part of my life and so it you know it's it's not something that I think I give as much attention to as I should just because life gets very distracting but it, it's you always find joy and comfort in coming back to a book I find
0: I was the kid that would try and finish my tests as quickly as possible, because then while we were waiting for everyone else to finish, I could book. ask the teacher to go to the library or read my book. Yep. Yeah. Unless it was a math test, then I was, like, struggling and taking the entire time.
1: I would get really frustrated because I would have a book picked out for road trips when I was a kid, and mm. I would read, and then I would get motion sick just with, like, um. the, the scenery traveling really fast by my window, and I was just so focused on my book that all of a sudden I would feel... A headache coming on or nausea i'm like i want to keep reading but i'm literally gonna throw up in this suburban i don't know how what to do and so i would try reading with like
0: yeah. one eye
1: open or if i would squint and i just had to i just had to stop
0: i'm learning to read uh, manage my reading expectations for trips now mm-hmm. because like at the beginning of the summer i packed two books in my suitcase because i'm like oh i'm gonna do a lot of reading mm mm-hmm. Now I know realistically I only need one, and even then I might not finish that one book.
1: And it also depends on the books that you take, because, for instance, I don't remember if I told you this, but for the longest time I was trying to read, Um, I think it's John Le Car, um, The Night Manager. Mm-hmm. It was a short series on... Oh, it's
0: on um, it was AMC on, now, right? It was
1: a short series on AMC, and it had one of my favorite people ever, Tom Hiddleston, and...
0: <laughs> Hugh Laurie's in it too, Hugh right? Hugh
1: Laurie, Tom Hiddleston, but with all of the buildup leading up to the show, they would talk about how the author was this master of spy novels and how he's what like this brilliant writer. And I struggled so hard to get into this book. It was just such a difficulty. And I always like to try reading before I watch the show or or the movie. And I just couldn't get into it. And so I would take that book with me in my backpack on planes. And then I would (laughs) take another book and I wouldn't, I would finish the second book I brought and wouldn't even touch the night manager. Or I would get through a couple of pages and then that'd be it. I'm like, well that trip was a failure. I didn't read anything. <laughs> like I didn't get anything read. And I just it, it was a DNF. Did not finish, unfortunately. I don't like I don't like those.
0: Yeah. When we went to Yellowstone this summer, I brought a new book and I was like, I'm so excited to read this. And then we got on the plane and I saw that every seat had a little TV screen. Oh no. <laughs> so priorities quickly shifted Whoops! and that book got forgotten. <laughs>
2: Free movies. That's how I watched Titanic for the first time. <laughs> on a
0: plane? On the plane?
2: Yeah. Heading back to the U.S. from Rome. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had never watched it. I saw it on there, and I was like, well. Why not now? I got enough time.
0: Yeah, it's a long enough movie, for <laughs> yeah. sure.
1: Might as well. I was not expecting it to be that long, but then I was just like... But did anybody, like, stare at you when there was the scene where he was drawing her <laughs> I don't... drawing her nude? Like, did they he...
0: censor that on the plane?
1: I don't know. But there was actually... When I was I in Europe it's... for World Youth Day, I was coming back to the States. The lady next to me who was in our group, she was watching The Night Manager. And so... And that was the first time I was... That was my first time trying to read it back in, like, 2000... 2016. Um, and so I would kind of, like, look over and... <laughs> She was watching it and she's like, this show's really good. This shows really good. And then at one point from a nap, I like woke up from a nap and I look over and she just has this like look of shock and horror on her face and on the screen, just like Tom Hillston and this other lady are just going at it, (laughs) fully naked, just going at it. And she's trying to cover her screen because sitting next to her is our priest. Oh, Oh and she is just so appalled, and she has no idea what to do. Like, does anybody else see what's Where's happening the right fast-forward button? <laughs>
0: well, she
1: couldn't. She was covering the screen. Me. <laughs>
0: I mean, I feel like she's drawing attention to it at that point.
1: But moral of the story being, I don't think they censor it yeah, on the plane. I don't think they do, because <laughs> I saw a lot of butt.
0: <laughs> I wonder if anyone saw you were watching Titanic, and at the end they were like, just share the the wooden plank get on together
1: (laughs) (laughs) the door's big enough yeah
0: well taking that segue of sappy romantic movies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm gonna cut us off here take a quick break and then we'll talk about the where the crawdad sing movie
2: the movie
0: All right, welcome back to this episode of Book Blurbs, everyone. I'm here with Leslie and Kendall. We're talking about Where the Crawdads Sing. Leslie and I, of course, have already read it. You've hopefully listened to the episodes where we discussed it. And now Kendall has recently finished reading it. And all three of us just went and saw the new film. So now, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the film. Mm -hmm. What did you think? Just initial thoughts what comes to mind
1: i'd like to hear kendall's thoughts i mean we talked about this a little bit briefly but as someone who went in and saw the movie without having read the book like what did you think at the time
2: um when i first watched it i thought it was very good and then, that's right
0: because you saw the movie first and then, then i finished started reading, reading
2: the book. it like halfway and then we went to watch the movie again mm-hmm. And I remember at the end, like, we were actually talking about the movie and how it's different from the book. You know, we're trying to keep it down on spoilers. <laughs> yeah. And then I was reading it, and I'm just like, it's really... It doesn't seem like a a lot of details, like, I actually missed. Mm-hmm. But I, I felt like all oh, were making it a bigger deal than it was.
0: Do know. you... Okay, so, <laughs> one example. In the book, the poetry is a big feature of mm-hmm. the story. Oh, yeah. Amanda Hamilton... And you find out age. that Kaya is the poet. And then they just kind of drop yeah, that, that whole storyline. Yeah, that wasn't answered
2: line. at all in the movie. They that wasn't even featured at all. Which, like, you would hear it, like, while they're looking or something.
1: Yeah, the, I think the, the I guess an homage to the poetry would be the voiceover of Kaya in the movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, for Kenneth and I, we're not poetry people. <laughs> and so we didn't miss the lack of poetry or that plot point at all in the movie I know for me um a couple of things stood out uh well first things first and I kind of like hate to even say this I just I should have written these down a little bit but as I think back about the movie um I think the book one difference between the book and the movie is that the movie seeing Kaya with Tate and with Chase there were a couple of moments as I watched the movie where I could kind of sympathize with Chase. More so more so in I think what really just touched me was one moment in particular where he said something to Kaya to the effect of, you have no idea what it's like, you know, like being told. It it was if I remember correctly, he was basically getting at like my life has been planned for me. This is what I have to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. Not excusing anything he's done (laughs) because let me reiterate Chase sucks and <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> I do not like him. I am Team Tate all the way. Well, that's but... how you know he's well written. You know. that, that's true. That's how you he know he's well written. But I, I felt oh, more sympathy yeah. for movie Chase than I did for book Chase. Um, because I, I don't know. I just I don't remember feeling like I, I think I remember as I read. about the relationship between Chase and Kaya, I could always sort of see through for what it was. And I just, I knew it was going to end badly, obviously, you know, knowing that he ends up dead. I, I just, I could kind of see through it and I could tell Chase is no good. This is all very hollow. This is not a relationship of substance the way she thinks it is. And in the movie, as I really watched it, I was like, okay, I can kind of, I can really empathize for why she would think it's real, but I can also see a very thin glimmer of Chase actually possibly being torn where he feels, you know, free and he can do whatever with Kaya because there's no overbearing family. There's no societal expectations. Kaya was probably one of his first real senses of freedom in a very long time because as we know, in that time period, you know, men and women behaved in a very certain way. You dressed a certain way. You went to church on Sunday. You did, if your dad owned a store, you grew up and worked in that store. And if you were a woman, your options were even more limited. And so in the movie, I got that little glimpse of of sympathy for Chase and then it just got squished. So it <laughs> wasn't there for very long. But that is one thing I will say that I thought the movie did pretty well. And then the other thing that I wish I had seen more of and then I'll stop talking was, <laughs> um, I remember Kenneth, you and I talked about things that we would like to see from the movie. Maybe this is, partially because I'm a ginormous romantic, I really just wanted to see more of um, Tate and Kaya's life together post-trial. And I really wanted to understand a little more or see a little more what happened that night that Chase died. Because realistically, the only time we get the breakdown of what happened was in the courtroom Mm -hmm. and it was all kind of delivered, not necessarily sarcastically, but it was all delivered as a hypothetical, like hypothetically Kaya could have done X, Y, and Z and then it all gets shut down by the lawyer. I, it really would have been kind of cool to see, even if it was a really quick montage, it really would have been kind of cool to see Kaya actually making this happen, not saying murder's cool, but it just, (laughs) it's one of those things that it's another example of how capable and intelligent Kaya really is that no one really expected from her until she started publishing these books, and then people took her seriously. But it's just another example of how capable and intelligent and resilient she really is and has been this whole time. But no one ever paid attention.
0: I think the movie could have done a better job like showing that her crime was actually plausible because mm-hmm. it does mm-hmm. the whole time, it's showing you no, like there's no way she could have done that.
1: It's almost a blink and you miss it moment,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. And so for, I'm thinking for someone who didn't read the book, you're like, you tend to agree with the verdict of the trial and it's like, yeah, there's no way she could have done it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And the whole t- time you're thinking Tate must have done it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was your, that was as you were reading or as you were watching the movie for the first time, that was kind of your. That was my thought the whole time. Same. And then at the end, I was just like, what? I thought it was. <laughs> I've
0: heard Tate, I've heard other people say Jumpin' did it.
1: Really? I haven't heard Jumpin'.
0: Yeah. Because uh, there's that whole scene where he's like, "Did he do something to you?" When she goes to the shop, and I don't
2: know. As soon as I saw that red cap, I was like, "Got to Tate."
1: Yeah, <laughs> I thought, I thought it was Tate as I read it.
0: So I think I told both of you when we walked out of the theater, I was like, "They really died, dialed up the Hallmark movie moments in this <laughs> in this film." Oh yeah. yeah. Like that whole scene where I, I guess it's her first kiss with Tate. And the leaves start really spinning (laughs) around. I was like, oh my gosh.
1: It was like Pocahontas meets Hallmark. (laughs)
0: Um, And that's the other difference with the movie is in the book, you know, it's part one, mostly focused on her growing up and her childhood. And then part two, I would say the bulk of part two is like the courtroom and the trial and her being in jail. Mm -hmm. The movie, like it's intercut a lot and Mm -hmm. it's, it's told through the framing device of the trial. And I think that helps and hurts it in a way because it presents all these different genres. Like there's a murder mystery. There's like a coming of age. There's like teen romance. Mm -hmm. And it almost seems like it's trying to combine and mash all of them into one cohesive Mm -hmm. movie when as a whole, it just kind of. So you get a little weaker. bit,
1: you get a little bit of everything, which.
0: Whereas in the book there, all of those are in there for sure. But like you transition and build up to each one. And you have the time to flesh it out. You yeah. Have
1: the time to really give each element of that, of the story time to develop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did a good job, like with the setting of the marsh and everything like, I think they filmed maybe in louisiana i don't know i didn't catch it could have been georgia too I don't remember. um but it really did feel like what i envisioned when i was reading the book
1: the house especially was yeah. i thought exactly what i was coming up with in my brain it was very very accurate to what was described in the story
0: mm-hmm. and you it's hit and miss with child actors but little kaya was really good
1: mm-hmm. i really her i let you all the little kids i thought did a great job Mm -hmm. i thought they were really good and then i didn't really see this coming but the very end of the movie which i thought was a little more it was it was more emotional than i expected i guess right before you know it's kind of like kaya's last boat ride when she sees her mom and and you go between oh there's old kaya young kaya and then child kaya and they're seeing their mom her mom come back down um down the path towards the house, which is, which it's kind of funny because I think in that moment for me, it really hit me that at the core of the story, um, you have the trial, you have Kaya coming of age. Like you said, you have this love story between her and Tate. Um, and also this, you know, developing really this relationship that she's had to learn and recover from with her father and with her family. And then with Jody coming back and then you see the mom come back. And it's kind it just kind of hit home for me that that's all she wanted this entire time. She didn't really want friends or to go to school. She didn't, Tate was kind of a happy accident. She didn't, she wasn't like pining over Tate or anything. She just wanted her mom to come home. Mm. And I think that was one of the moments in the movie where I actually got a little emotional because it was just so heartbreaking and in the, in the, book there they were able to spend a little bit more time of what actually happened to the mom after she left mm-hmm. um yeah that conversation with jody was a little more fleshed out a little more detailed
0: even in the book too like you get a little backstory on the mom and pa's relationship and mm-hmm. how they met and fell in love and everything yep mm-hmm. how sadly like the drinking and alcohol just tears them apart and mm-hmm. makes him abusive yeah. Um, so you see, like, there was some, like, good to begin the relationship, whereas here in the movie, he's just, like, immediately bad.
1: The one, I think, little bit of vulnerability you get was when he gave her the knapsack and he yeah. was trying to tell her, this was a part of my
0: And that's and when the letter then, comes, right? Of course,
1: right? The, arm, the letter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that made you almost, like, feel bad for him. And yeah. Yeah, kind like with j- Chase, where... You, when you I I don't know, maybe it's a vis because movies are a visual medium. When you see you can kind of see the dad shuffling and he looks awkward because he's trying to connect with his daughter. Mm-hmm. He knows he sucks as a dad. I think I mean at least I hope he knows 'cause he did. <laughs> I think he knows that he has fallen short in so many ways. I mean, his not only does his wife leave, every one of his kids left, except mm-hmm. for Kaya. She's the only one who stuck around. Um I think that's the one that one vulnerable moment where he's trying to extend the olive branch and then the letter just comes in. Rexit.
2: I don't know. I liked how they did in the book better because they were trying to show like how he was good in that moment. But mm-hmm. like, no, too, <laughs> <laughs> too little too late.
0: You mentioned Jody coming back. That's a big part of the book. Um, was it you, Kendall, that talked to me after the movie and you're like, they didn't even like mention his scar, really, because that's a big identifier when he comes back in the book. Mm-hmm. She recognizes I his scar.
1: I might have mentioned it. We okay. were trying to keep it under wraps because I don't think you had gotten that far yet. Maybe you hadn't yet, gotten that far. But that was something that I really liked about the book. It was kind of a a shock yeah. to me in in a in a good way because it was just it was just another example of how Kaya had not necessarily romanticized her childhood, but there was a lot going on that her little mind tried to protect her from, and it. It kind of, it, I mean, I think everybody in Kaya's corner, sort of, as you're reading it, you can't help but be a little upset with Jody for leaving her too, mm-hmm. and then he comes back with the scar, and you're like, that's why. I, have I mean, what else are you gonna do when you're a kid if you have a scar running down your face because your dad is making your life that miserable and is that abusive? Then you can't really fault him too much mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and at least he came back and like the other sisters. At least
1: he came back. <laughs>
0: Uh, Another change I noticed is in the books, one of the ways Tate reconciles with Kaya after being off at college and kind of not coming back to visit her is he helps her. Send in her materials mm-hmm. to get published. Oh yeah, and they Whereas, do that
2: like right away in the movie.
0: They do it right away, and it's more kaya sending it off. Mm-hmm. I think she even like submitted stuff for publication before Tate came back.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, the reconciliation of Tate and kaya in the movie is, like you said, it's almost like a speed run.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think I minded that necessarily. I don't know if I remembered perfectly how that all played out in the book. But I kind of liked that in the movie, It's it felt like Kaya was reclaiming her future, and oh, yeah. um, it was nice that it was something that she stood up and decided to do, and one of her big motivations was... She wanted to buy the land. She wanted to buy the mm-hmm. land.
0: And, I think that part came through more clearly in the movie than it did the book. Yes. I kind of forgot about her needing to buy the land back. Yeah,
1: I definitely forgot about that. So I liked the way it all played out, but even more so that it was just another example of Kaya's resiliency and her own intelligence and her own sense of cleverness, which going back to an example that I think I mentioned to you after the movie was the fact that when she stepped on the nail or the screw or the whatever in the book, there's that scene where she steps on something metal. I think I don't remember what it was. And she's just sitting there and crying for a little bit until she kind of realizes she has to suck it up and deal with it because no one's going to help her. And she does. And for me as a reader, that was a turning point where she was no longer a helpless child she was a child that was going to figure it out and she was gonna make it work no matter what she had to do and that in the movie was missing specifically that scene and I think her, resili- her resilience still came through obviously because you saw her with the muscles and cooking the grits and going with on the boat to see jump in and all that other good stuff which worked but for me that scene with the nail or what- whatever it was it was a real Clear delineation and a real clear example of how she was going to survive. Mm -hmm. And so I wish that we had a singular moment like that in the movie, but I still think it was effective the way they did it, you know, showing her little survival montage. It was still effective. I just, I missed that scene. Yeah. Personal preference.
0: Yeah. And they have to deal with runtime, but in the movie, it's almost like she goes out to pick up the muscles because she runs out of food and has to learn how to cook mussels and grits, and that's, like, her main meal for the next few years. And Mm -hmm. I think in the book she actually, like, has to figure out how to start a fire and cook and everything. And in the movie she just goes out and gathers it, and then she's, like, has it right there, ready to go.
1: So on that point, with runtime, I mean, like I was saying with the scene with the survival and the stepping on the nail, like I said, I, I think that montage still was very effective and it did what it needed to do in terms of storytelling. Do you think there were any scenes in the movie that you think could have been cut or could have been shortened or anything that like if, for instance, if that scene with the nail was really important to me and I had the choice to swap out another scene to put that scene in there, what, you know, would I have switched anything else out and think I'm trying to think right now, if there was something, It I mean, we did see the movie a couple of weeks ago, so I'm having to, Go back a little bit. Um, I know watching the movie, like they didn't
2: include anything about like the menstrual cycle, like getting her period. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking while watching the movie, like she's going to have to figure that out. And you're just glossing over that. Like yeah. she's yeah. a girl growing up. she's going They kind of do that, that time skip. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Something else they didn't really touch on, but that's a big focus in the book and really establishes the setting even more is, like, this is set in the 1960s, I think, mm-hmm. and we've mentioned Mabel and Jumpin' and they're two black business owners in this predominantly white community in the Carolinas, mm-hmm. and there's a whole scene in the book where, like, Jumpin' gets kind of attacked and... Um... Oh, yeah,
2: and that's why she doesn't go to yeah. that side of
0: town. Either. Yeah, and... uh I don't know. In the movie, it's almost like they're really highly respected and treated very well.
2: Mm -hmm. And it
0: just doesn't really fit the time period or the society they actually lived in.
2: Well, then they called him, like, boy or kid. So then I saw where that was coming in. They just didn't include a lot of it, though.
0: I get it, too. They wanted Kaya to be the main focus of the whole movie.
1: Yeah. I think I would push back a little bit on the idea that they were treated, like, as highly esteemed members of society. I don't know. I I was a a little confused about them sitting in the front row in the courthouse. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that at that point, the rules had changed or maybe it's because Tate being a white man escorted them in and it was okay. Um, But I definitely saw elements of that, like, kind of racist behavior when Chase was there with his friends and they were drunk and, and they're behavior. very like
0: deferential and he's like take a it's on the house. Yeah, Don't know very I
1: mean and you could also just chalk that up to Chase being drunk with his friends because he was very clearly not sober. Um
0: sorry yeah. No, you're
1: good. That was it.
0: <laughs> I you said Chase and it triggered something. Something else that's different from the he book and the movie. <laughs> <He is very> <laughs> <triggering>. <laughs> uh Kaya figures out that he's engaged differently in both of them. So in the book, she finds out through like a newspaper uh, mm-hmm. announcement. Yes. Whereas in the movie, like she actually meets the fiance in town.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: The girl's like, oh, I'm Chase's fiance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> arguably that's way worse <laughs> <To> see <laughs> the Actually, girl in the ring up close i, I feel would like they oh downplayed her
2: intelligence then though because they didn't do it through the newspaper like obviously she would want to check like she's been left alone though mm-hmm. like i thought it would have been better like how they did in the book
0: yeah it's not as dramatic though
1: yeah it's way more dramatic in person also <laughs> who knows if kaya's getting the paper i don't know i'm trying to remember in the book i don't know if Tate gave her that paper, or if somebody else brought her the paper. I don't well, think she just, she like, found it. would she get it
0: from the jump shop sometimes? Maybe. Yeah, oh, I, I thought know.
1: it was at a shop, and she just was just looking through it. Yeah. That might have been it. It was just very, very coincidental.
2: hmm
1: Very coincidental. Yeah, I think, overall, the movie did a pretty good job of kind of plucking the important bits to tell the story with the time restraints they had. Obviously... That's that's where it's nice to have read the book where we can understand how important the marsh is to her, how important Mabel and Jumpin were to her because we have that context of learning about periods or uh, the scene with the nail where she had to figure things out on her own or hiding from the social workers um, and running away from the school, which we got in the movie, but when you have the book, you have... A little more context and detail to work with. I
0: did. I think you said in the movie um, she's with Tate, maybe, and uh, she's like covering the tracks, uh-huh. and she <laughs> does it every like few yards. I know. It's just
2: like that's not realistic. They're going find it just by looking a few more feet up.
0: There are a few Kaya, goofy moments in the movie like that. A little. Um, yeah. I mean. As far as, like, book-to-movie adaptations, I would say this one is pretty faithful as far as those go. Mm -hmm. But I can't see myself watching the movie again.
1: I could see myself watching it with someone. So, like, for instance, I I told you that I let my father-in-law borrow my copy to read it. I can see myself watching it again with him once he finishes the book. Like, as someone who has never seen the movie or has never read the book um for instance if my husband wanted to watch it and he has no interest in reading the book i wouldn't mind i wouldn't mind watching it with somebody else i don't see this movie being one of those ones that i go back to as like a comfort or like a source of entertainment on a saturday night i'm glad i watched it and i enjoyed seeing it with you guys but i don't find myself thinking like i have to go watch it again like i really need to see it again
0: okay feel free to kick back on this uh cuz I may be m- remembering it wrong, but I'm gonna pick on the costuming department <gasps> of the movie. What? Um, for Kaya to have grown up on her own and lived in the the marsh mm-hmm. all those years, she has like a good closet going on. I know like, her I was clothes look that ironed and, I was and nice. Like, what? I mean, even her just normal like jeans and t shirt outfit, I'm just like. Wow, it's not dirty or muddy at all. And... That
1: was where I, I kind of had the same thought in the movie. And I just thought, Mabel's been working overtime, picking the clothes <laughs> from the church bin. Like, no. And, and I... I
2: saw, it's like, they definitely don't want to show how rough and dirty. It yeah, well, so then, yeah. like,
0: it also got me thinking, if I've never read the book, I'd be sitting there like, why does this town hate this girl so much? She's, like, very attractive. And she's got, like, <laughs> this great... uh you know, she, she looks normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and after she learns to read, like, she she gets pretty intelligent really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a small so town,
2: though. Everyone knows everyone. Like, yeah, that's the thing. If they
0: she
1: was outside, they weren't going to walk She's
0: over. also in a different economic class, for sure. So, And I think we
1: also need to keep in mind that it's not just the reputation of Kaya. It's probably that family. So people, at yeah. some point, they probably encountered her mother her father, and if, especially her father, hmm. if they encountered her father when he like smelled of booze or if the mother had like a fat bruise on her face or if the kids were coming in dirty, it's, prob- it's more than likely a reputation that Kaya has no control over. Not that she has any control over her own as a child, but the people that came before her probably contributed to that and then... Seeing you know this rough looking kid with no shoes and smells bad because no one's there caring for her, it just only amplifies that. Yeah. So it, which it, I, I really liked the delivery. What did you think? I'd like love to hear what you guys thought of um sort of the final the closing argument for Kaya's lawyer because I thought that I thought that one that was one of the best parts of the book and I think the movie did a really good job where he was very blunt without seeming to be it was you could tell he was calling out the jury calling out the town without being aggressive about it it was just Mm -hmm. kind of point blank and he lumped himself in with the with, with the town where he said we have never been fair to this little girl and being on a jury being this this courthouse is a place of justice and of being fair and impartial so I think it's time for the first time in probably her life we need to be fair to the marsh girl even like not calling her kaya referring to her as the marsh girl he's really reinforcing the idea of she has always been an other that is not fair this is not the place for that and this is like if if we're ever going to try to write this wrong the way we've treated her now's the time to do it of course with the big twist that just makes it all the more ironic (laughs) that that it actually worked but Mm -hmm. But I thought that was his delivery was really really good. Yeah, I liked how they did
2: it in the movie. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's like we're not so much judging her as this is a trial for the community, and we're judging ourselves.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Any final thoughts? Anything else you want to throw in?
1: Um, I thought the casting was good i thought the scenery and the music was nice um
0: i forgot the taylor swift original song was in it until Carolina, the credits i
1: think that's the only time it was okay in, mm-hmm. maybe i was trying to listen I think, for it it. Was only in I think it was only in the credits i
0: couldn't tell if maybe it was in the background in some tunes or I something i was
1: trying to listen for it but i agree with what you said earlier kenneth where it as far as movie adaptations go, I think it's one of the better ones that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate that they stayed true to the book because the book is really good on its own. It's like you were talking about earlier, Kendall, with the characters; they're very well written. The story's very well written, and I think the way that Reese Witherspoon's production company took that from page to screen worked really, really well. Um, I will say this: it, it. We've talked about how the movie. I'm not necessarily dying to like, go back and rewatch it. I definitely would go back and watch a movie that this production company, like any future book adaptations that the Hello Sunshine company produces, I would definitely be interested in going to see those. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I, enjoyed it, and I'm glad that I read it without having to wait super long for a movie. Cause that's yeah, the, it came out really quickly. That's always quickly. the worst when, remember, we were talking, like, oh my gosh, it's going to be out forever from now, and it feels like it was like. Because I mean, this book month. came
0: out. What, was it like 2019 or something? Like a little before COVID?
1: Probably, but it really peaked 2020.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they produced and created this movie during the pandemic, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm.
1: At least in part.
0: Yeah. So it came out really quickly Mm -hmm. with all that against it.
1: Yeah. I know
2: one final thing. Like going through the movie and like how it's different from the book. I just remember when like they told her to go to school to get that what was it chicken pot pie or whatever. Oh, it like didn't it. show that in the movie Steak. that she got it, and she I was just like, it. she didn't even get the food. She <laughs> didn't get the food she wanted, <laughs> but like in the book, you know, she got it, and I was just like, they the movie
0: that. really made me go like, really, teacher, like you're not disciplining this class and standing know, up for I know. this ostracized I kid. Like,
1: but also like all that food for lunch, like. Yeah, like the way Mabel was describing it, and I was like, Oof. "That's the lunch <laughs> at school."
0: Beats that square pizza slice we would get.
1: Hey, I like square pizza. <laughs> mm. Mm. Okay, good pizza. low taste. Sorry, <laughs> <Saturday. laughs> that's me. Could just be different schools. Yeah, like, different. maybe. Mm. You yeah, know, you're you're right.
0: Everyone looked forward to Chicken Nugget Day.
1: Oh yeah, Chicken Nugget Day. ours was Hamburger Day
2: on Wednesdays.
0: Oh. Well, on that note, <laughs> <little> nuggets. <laughs> thanks for coming on the podcast, Kendall. Yeah,
1: it was Try and get you fun. back
0: on here. Like you said, maybe we can do like a special episode. You had some really good ideas, Leslie.
1: I've been thinking about this way too much considering this is not even my podcast. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Keep it coming. Um, yeah. Thanks again, Leslie. Yeah. Uh, this has been Book Blurbs and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Book Blurbs. I invite you to jump onto social media and follow the podcast on Facebook and Twitter at bookblurbs19. You can also send an email to bookblurbs19 at gmail.com, and you can record a voice message at www.anchor.fm slash bookblurbs please do me a favor and leave a rating for book blurbs on whichever podcasting platform you're using to help grow the podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth, and I'll catch you on the next episode of book blurbs. Happy reading.